I want to talk today about um, just being designed to withstand, being resilient, being strong in our faith and our walk with God. And a little bit of, uh, you know, what came up earlier as Shemaine was uh, sharing with how God had spoken to her. You know, the call of God's an amazing thing. You know, every single one of us, God has our number and he has called us. He speaks to us, he draws us out, he leads us, he guides us. And it's not just the people who are up here that are called by God. We all are. The call of God is a mystery and it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Jesus said this. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. You know, Jesus didn't choose you and appoint you to disappoint you. It's because he's got a purpose. There's a focus. There's a reason for living. And it's connecting with God to find out what that purpose and reason is that is so important for all of us. You know, Moses, you know, when God called him from the burning bush, I mean, that was an amazing uh, experience for him. And, and I just want you to imagine, like, like this is that, that burning bush. I mean, Moses saw something he'd never seen before. He'd seen lots of bushes burn in the desert, but he'd never seen anything like this where a bush stayed green and, and fresh and, and alive, and yet it was engulfed in flames. And it was enough to grab his attention and draw him over to it. And when he came over to it, God said, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. And he started to speak to him about all the things that lay before him and the challenges that, that were before him. What Moses didn't realize was that what he was looking at was a picture of what his life was going to be from that time on. You know, God called him to do things that he didn't want to do, to go and, and confront Pharaoh, lead the people out, all the troubles. We know all the troubles he had, the opposition, the difficulties, the trials, and all of those things. But God was saying to him, you know, whatever you are led into, whatever I lead you into, whatever the challenges might be, Know that you're not doing it in your own strength. You're doing it in my strength. You know, you can't do God's work in your own ability and your own strength. You need the fire of the Holy Spirit. You need his strength. You need his inner power to work for you. But you know, there is, in the process from God calling us to being fulfilled in, in ministry or in life itself, in, in purpose that God has for us, you know, you're going to hit road bumps. You're going to find roadblocks are going to happen. Sometimes it's going to be dead ends. I mean, life is like that. You run into things that you don't want to. There can be times where you feel that the pressures are too much, like you can't handle it. You know, some, for some people, it'll be people pressure or a loss you face or an illness you go through or an uncertainty about the future, what the future holds. And all of these things can be things that create stress pressure, worry, and we can feel the demands. It's like it's too much to handle. You know, Paul, uh, Paul said this. He said, the temptations or the tests in life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted or tested, he will show you a way out so that you can endure you know, Paul was saying this. He's saying that God will not allow more pressure to come upon you 
than what you can handle. But he's also saying that, you know, God does allow weight to come upon you and pressure to come upon you. But it's to show you the strength that you have, to give you the opportunity to develop your character. God wants you to be the best person that you can be for him in every situation. And so we go through trials and we go through tests. That's how we grow. That's how we move on to the next step. You know, you are designed to withstand the pressures of life. You know, when an architect designs a skyscraper, these buildings that pop up all over, over the place and, and the pretty amazing structures, you know, he doesn't just design the outward shape and the entranceway and, and the windows and the colours uh, that will be put on it. You know, he calculates every load that that building is going to carry. What, what weight will be on every floor and what sort of uh, ground it's, it's uh, built on. All of those things so that he can estimate what size steel beams to put in, how deep the foundations need to be, how much concrete needs to go into it. And if he's building in certain places, like he's building a building in Wellington, then he's got to put extra material into the foundations because it's an earthquake zone. And if he is designing the same building and putting it in Brisbane, then it would have different specifications because there's no earthquakes here. I remember I was in a, uh, a hotel in Flagstaff in the US and uh, we were up in the, on the top floor and this had a steep roof and windows sort of jutted out of the roof itself and you could look out and, and see the tiles on the roof and there were these cables all over the roof. Uh, a bit like, you know, you'd put up for Christmas lights but there were no lights on it. And so when I went downstairs, I said, you know, what, what's, what's the reason for the, for the uh, you know, the, the, cord, the cables? And uh, he, said, he said, in winter, you know, we get heavy snow here. And that's why the roofs are so steep. And he said, those cables are heating cables. So that when the snow comes, they turn the heater on and it melts and it runs off. You know, it's like everywhere, every place where things are built and its type of structure it is, the architect specifically designs every structure. I was in Dubai and they got the tallest building in the world. There's a cafe bar on the 154th floor. I thought twice about going up there because I get vertigo, so <laughs> I'd just rather go down the beach and enjoy my coffee down there. But it's amazing. You look at that building and it's so narrow and thin and at the top it just looks like a needle. It's so far up there and it's all, all you can sort of see. But you know, every structure, every building is designed specifically for the pressure that building will face. Now this is the thing. The architect doesn't wait till the pressure comes on to see what sort of beams to put in. He doesn't wait for the middle of a storm to see what force the winds will come at. He doesn't wait for a shaking to happen to see what sort of resistance is needed in, in, in the building. It's all calculated ahead of time. It's designed before one digger turns up on site or one concrete truck comes in or while one nail gun is lifted. It's all studied and approved and goes through council, everything else, before the construction ever begins. And the good news for you and for me is this, is that our architect is the Most High God. 
You know, he not only designed the solar systems, the beauty of this world that we live in, but, you know, he designed you with certain uh, things in mind for your life that is different to other people. All of us are unique and special, and God uh, has a plan for each of us, and it's finding that that is so important. But God knows who you are, and he knows the life that you would live, the people that you would be close to, who you would influence, and who will influence you. David said this. He said, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. And then listen to this. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. That's incredible. That's how much God knows you. He knows, and he knows what tomorrow brings. And the day after that, he knows everything about it. When God laid the plans for your life, he calculated everything that you would face. The weights, the winds, the joys, tests, trials, all of those things. He took into account every circumstance, every person who would affect you or influence you. Every hurt, every loss, every celebration, every injustice, every mistake you would make. And he designed your beams big enough and your foundations thick enough. When I'm talking about your beams, and I'm not talking about the width of your shoulders or the size of your butt. I'm talking about what God's put in you. You know, he's put determination in your life. Love. Courage, heart, stamina, forgiveness. You are designed to withstand the storms, to outwit the negatives, and to outlast the opposition, to endure until the dream comes to pass. You know, sometimes we're going through things in the now and you wonder what on earth is happening? Why are all of these things happening to me and why am I going through this? Doesn't there any reason, any purpose in it at all? You know, so often the things that we're going through in the now are not actually just about the now. It's actually about the future. It's, it's a part of the preparation. You've got to go through tests and trials to be able to show what you do carry and what your ability is. It reminds me of a, uh, a colleague of mine that was uh, built a supermarket, uh, bought a supermarket for his church. And uh, he did all the work for the auditorium inside the supermarket building. But then he needed, you know, administration blocks. He needed children's uh, rooms and youth rooms and, and different uh, facilities as well as that. And he had to build an administration block, which he had to use some of the car park. So therefore, he also had to uh, put in a couple of layers of car parking as well for the building. And so... You know, when he designed it, so they decided to build five stories, two car parks and three stories above that. But, you know, he had an eye for the future. And he realized that, you know, in time to come, the church is going to grow more and they're going to need more extra rooms. So when he called the architect in, they designed it for a building up to 10 stories. Now, the thing is that when they built it, it was three levels above ground and with the you know, the auditorium. I mean, it just looked fantastic. 
It looked completed. Anyone looking at that would just think, this is the church, it's fantastic, and it's all finished. You see, you had to see the plans to really know what the final purpose was going to be. Now, the thing is this, it's the same for your life. You know, there's, there's a way where people like to put you in a box or put other people in, in, in a box and, and, and look at you. And, and, you know, people may look at you and think, well, you know, you're, you're at your limit. You know, that, that's as far as you're going to go. That's all that you're going to do in life. And, 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 you can, and people can write you off or, or not give you opportunity. But, you know, you've got to listen to the voice in your heart as to what God is saying. You know, it was interesting when Samuel was told to go and see Jesse and to anoint one of his sons to be the king. Now, Jesse invited six of his sons. He had seven sons, but he only invited six of them to the feast. And, you know, when you think about it, he obviously didn't think that David was even a possibility of being the one that God was going to anoint. But, you know, when Samuel came and the eldest son went by, God said to him, and, and Samuel thought, oh, this is the one, because he looks great, looks strong, looks tall, and uh, would be a great king. But God said, no, I've rejected him. You know, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. <clears throat> and you can imagine the embarrassment when uh, Jesse had to go and send for David to come in. And as soon as he came in, Samuel said, God said to Samuel, he is the one. And, uh, you know, he wasn't even considered by his parents or his brothers as to be the one for the position. You know, your architect has bigger plans for your life than what you are doing or functioning in at the present. He is building things into your life to prepare you for what lies ahead. But what you've got to expect with it, that it's with increase, comes more weight, more responsibility, more pressure. But I tell you what, responsibility and pressure and stress, all of these things are not necessarily bad things. Some of them are for your good. They cause you to release faith, to believe for something more, to take on new challenges. You can stretch, you can grow. And in your faith, it's a reality that there are places to move on. I think when I look back over my life and I think of all the critical points in my life where could have given up or could have just gone, taken a step backwards instead of moving forwards or moving into something new that God had out there for us. You know, there are a lot of critical points where finding God's leading helped me to press on into his purposes. When Maggie and I started our first church, and I'd been a printer for years, and uh, we just started with three families. And uh, for the first three years, I was working full-time, and God blessed, and the church grew, and all of those things were, um, you know, God's blessing was on it, and, and going through the different stages. You know, but you learn things when you go through pressure, like with the, the first church. I mean, we didn't have a church building. We had to rent a building. And uh, the office was our house, and uh, midweek meetings was our house, and if people want prayer or counsel, it was our house. It was, it was like, but see, I learned so many things about what not to do back in the early, early years. 
And then, you know, God blessed the church and, and uh, we had to make decisions about joining a movement. And uh, we joined Elam and, you know, God's just been so good. Elam is such a fantastic group of churches uh, to belong to. And, uh, and then we planted another church and then we took over churches. But this is the thing. What I found that as we went through different, different challenges or different opportunities that came up and did something new, what I'd learned beforehand helped me tremendously in, in the new situation. I had to learn how to lead people, how to delegate, how to work with team, about finances. Church finances are different to personal finance and uh, property and all the different things that, that you learn along the way. Many times I could have been discouraged and could have easily given up because you find, you know, not everybody's got the same vision or heart that you have and, and there are different tests and trials. But this is the thing that I found is that as new challenges came, it's not so much that pressure went away, but I found I could handle more pressure that I was actually designed to move and to go to new levels and reach out for all that God has for us. You know, what I'm talking about in my life had to do with church, but it's the same in family. You know, all those that have got children know that when the first one comes, you know, you learn lots of things about what not to do with the second one normally. And uh, somehow the last one always seems to get away with a lot more than all the rest uh, ever did. But there's things and starting a business or your career or work and study, all of those things. The same principles apply. God has more for you and it's trusting him in the situation. You know, Paul, Paul when you look at Paul's life and you think of all the trials he went through. You know, he was, I mean, he was up there, obviously. But he went through all sorts of hardships, beatings and shipwrecks and uh, Got stoned one time, and it wasn't on Wacky Backy. It was the real real stones. But this is what he said. He, you like Wacky Backy? That's old school, mate. That's old school. <laughs> I know you don't like it. Yeah. But Paul said this. He said, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. He was saying, you are designed to withstand whatever comes your way is not a surprise to God. You know, and I think, well, you know, what, the, what are the keys that I've learned over the different stages uh, that I've been through? And I just want to share three with you, and they're simple. They're simple keys, but you've got to apply them. Otherwise, you know, you do find all sorts of problems uh, come along. <clears throat> and most, for most of us, pressure comes, you know, when there's a lot of things happening at the same time. What I used to find is if something was happening in church, something's happening at home, or somebody's not well, or financially, there's, you know, some, there are those times you go through where, Things just to be, seem to be going wrong all around you. It's like everything's bust at the same time. You know, what do you do in those situations? And you've got to remember, you know, the devil can't, you know, overtake the situations that you're facing in. God has a purpose and a will in it. 
But the first thing that I found I had to do was this, was to, to be still and trust Jesus. It says in Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. You know, when you're trusting Jesus, the devil can't stop you, but he can try to distract you. And sometimes it'll be people, it might be drama people and, and you know, just try and take up attention of, of everybody that's, that's possible that, that's within hearing distance or controlling people. They want you to make the decision, but they want you to make it now and they want it to be their decision. How do you hear God in the midst of that? You know, God wanted to speak to Elijah and he took him up a mountain into a cave and it says that fire came past the cave and then an earthquake happened and then a wind came so strong it was splitting rocks. All of that stuff was happening around there but it was interesting. It says God wasn't in the wind, wasn't in the fire, it wasn't in the earthquake, it wasn't in the loud noise and then with a gentle whisper, he spoke to Elijah. You know, in my experience, God's never shouted at me to give me instructions. It's always just been a very small, quiet voice. But once I've heard it, he's never repeated it again, and I've never forgotten it. It is so clear when he says something to you in the inner person. You need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, Surround yourself with great worship. Isaiah 54 says this, and, and it's talking, God's going to challenge Israel into reaching out and growing and enlarging. But firstly, he says this, he said, sing, burst into song and shout for joy. How many great worship that, you know, you're so privileged to get week after week in this house, bringing the presence of God. Because something happens in the presence of God if you open your heart to him. Elisha, the king came to Elisha for guidance and wisdom. But he was hearing nothing. What if people like Elisha and Elijah are not hearing anything? Elisha said, get, get somebody with a guitar or with a harp. But, you know, just get him here and let him start. And as he started to play the music, then the word of the Lord, the spirit came powerfully on Elisha. And the word of the Lord came for the king, giving wisdom and, and leading the way. Now, this is the thing in today's world. I mean, it's so easy to create an atmosphere of praise around your life. You know, it's all on your devices. You can just, you know, you could be in the middle of a crowd. You can be in a crowded bus or, or a train going to work. And you can have worship happening, you know, in, in your ear. It's an amazing thing, like in our house. It's so, like, you know, some people talk about the good old days. It's just nonsense. These are the best days. I can, I, can, I can switch something on at home and I'm in the presence of God in just a moment. And I'm not even doing the work. It's coming through gifted musicians and songsters and gifted people that fill our life. And the last point is this is to reinforce your life habits daily. And that's talking about your devotion with God, the word, the prayer, the spirit. David said in Psalm 5, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and I wait expectantly. You know, it's no use spending time with God and having no expectation. 
you know, faith is a part of the journey, stepping into what you're believing for, what you're praying for, and who that you are praying for. And for me, certainly in the morning, if I don't have that in the morning, I mean, it sets the platform for the day for me. Now, some people, you might be a night person, and, but the same principle applies. It's getting into routines. It's building it into your life. It's building, building blocks that are going to help you. Our life is, is, is spiritual, and uh, there's a spiritual battle. But it's not all bad. It's a good thing because we're on the winning side and because with God, all things are possible. Now, this is the bottom line, you know, with, with like responsibility for your spiritual walk with God. I mean, I love having a pastor. I've got a great pastor uh, in, in the city campus, and I've had counselors and mentors and people that have helped me at different times. And my wife was just amazing, uh, spiritually praying for us and being with us in every situation. But this is the thing. You know, your spiritual walk is not the responsibility of your pastor or your small group leader or your mentor or your counsellor. It's not your wives or your husbands. The responsibility is on your shoulders. You know, Jesus' half-brother Jude, he said, you know, pray, you beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes you can feel nobody's saying a good word about you. There's nothing positive happening. Well, I tell you what, just get in front of the mirror and tell yourself how good it is and how good God is and, and go, you know, woo. Speak to yourself. Build yourself up in your most holy faith because God wants you to overcome. And this is the thing what you find through tests and trials and as time goes on and you go through, you go through certain things, you might go into a new season somewhere and suddenly you find that you know the weight that you felt that you were carrying and the difficulties you're facing, they're just not there anymore. And, it's, and yet... There are still challenges that you're facing. You know, it's not that the, the problems have gone away. It's just that you're stronger. It's that you're in a better place. You're more mature. You're able to step into all that God has for you. Instead of being overwhelmed and saying it's too hard, it turns around and you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Isaiah said this. He said, God gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. I tell you what, we are in for a great season. I believe it's going to be an awesome year for the church. I believe we're going to see a lot of fruit and a lot of blessing. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be battles. But I tell you what, battles are great if you're on the winning side. Because when they're overcome, when the healing happens, when the breakthrough comes... And that's what lies ahead of you. And that's what God has for every one of you.